Octavia catches her breath as she tries to make a plan in Lake Ansel. Where is her family? Why is Crag here? And will she avoid capture long enough to find out? Welcome to me, my spouse, and a die. Hello everyone and welcome to me, my spouse and a die. I'm Gwyneth, your resident Asimar, Octavia Marguerite Sinclair. And I'm Austin, your resident dungeon master. Me, my spouse and a die is a family-friendly actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast where we follow our hero, Octavia Marguerite Sinclair, through her adventures in the continent of Mawir, a land that has been ravaged by a war with monsters for 15 years. Happy belated Halloween. Happy belated Halloween. Hope everyone uh didn't get tricked too hard. Got some treats. Mm-hmm. We I, both got tricked and gave out treats. I wasn't so much a trick, but our uh our burrow was doing a I get, technically it was trick or treating, although you weren't allowed to actually give candy to people. You just had to put buckets on your porch and people would come and collect them. I I've never done this before, so I think Same. I bought way too much candy as as new homeowners you know we've lived in apartments and so we never did any trick-or-treating type Mm -hmm. things but now we're like we're adults in a house and there are sidewalks so children might expect us to give them stuff and we don't want to be the stingy house we want to be like the good house we want to be a good house so i bought a bunch of candy probably too much (laughs) but we put it in a pot and we put that pot on our porch and we didn't put any signs out like take one or take two or whatever because we assume that these children would be accompanied by you know responsible people maybe maybe not (laughs) who knows uh we got a few takers Mm -hmm. i think we saw about three people Mm -hmm. i was keeping a loose eye on it was like considering the amount of candy i bought i was expecting many more than that But it was scheduled to go from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And so when I checked on it at like 6.30, the candy bowl was still effectively full on our porch because, you know, we had three people. Mm -hmm. So we were maybe down like six to, you know, less than 10 individual pieces (laughs) out of everything we bought. And at seven, I was like, okay, it's time to, oh, we set up speakers. So we had some spooky ambiance mm-hmm. going on our porch for, for just that added touch. Uh, we were trying to get our black cat to sit in the window, but... <laughs> he wouldn't do it. He wasn't cooperating, so... Uh, but anyway, at seven o'clock, I went out to collect our bowl, only to find that some hooligan had come by and emptied it. Mm-hmm. Just, it was all gone. Every single piece. Every single piece. It's not even like someone came in and took a big handful all of it all of it all of it all of it like it was a lot of candy (laughs) so i mean we were like i mean it was it was out there to be taken Mm -hmm. i'm not that mad about it but i also wonder was this a some some opportunistic teenager or preteen or was this some good samaritan who was going to collect all the unused candy and give it out at a later date was it a ghost or was it just a hive of raccoons? Most likely the hive of it was raccoons. Probably a hive of raccoons. I mean, when we when we first moved in, we had some, you know, we weren't exactly sure how the trash worked out, so we had like a trash bag on our front porch for maybe a day. I think we left mm-hmm. it overnight accidentally without putting it in the trash can. And yeah, there were definitely like animals had 
got into it and torn it open and we're rustling around so it could have been a hive of raccoons that just came and cleaned us out oh well because we i love pumpkins and for me i'm not a huge fan of halloween because i get scared super easily because i have an overactive imagination but i love fall and i love pumpkins and all of that stuff so aldi i'm gonna gonna put a little thing in here for aldi aldi has the best pumpkins so every time austin goes grocery shopping i'm always like bring me home a pumpkin so our our front porch is bedazzled with pumpkins and i have been noticing as i go in and out little bite marks and little little mouthfuls little chunks taken out of the pumpkins like someone just came up not someone something just came up well, was like i mean Ow. you never know it would be the tiniest human's could have mouth. Been, could have been a someone. Could be like a live doll. Just a little which would be nibble. Terrifying. Um, but yeah, um, we definitely have some have some critters, which I'm some all for. They probably live in the derelict house next to us. They probably do. Or rats. Or rats. Are hopefully not rabid. Well, we got two cats who probably wouldn't would never look be twice able at to a rat. Catch a ra- I mean, frying pan might. Yeah. He's he's pretty active. Pan- Pancake would not care. Pancake would not deign to lift a She would probably paw. run away. She most likely would. Or she would get, occasionally when Frying Pan harasses Pancake too much, she gets into, I'm too old to put up with this, so I'm going to fight back mode. So maybe she would get into there. Yeah. I feel like cats are either excellent mousers or terrible mousers. <laughs> there is no in-between. There's no in-between because I've, growing up, my, my family had several cats and some of them were exceptional hunters. To the, you know, the type where you go out and you find chipmunks on the porch and you're like, oh, okay, well, and you know, I I woke up to mouse parts in my bedroom at one point, which was a gift, a gift to you, but it was kind of grisly. Yeah. And I was like, good kitty, but also please don't ever do this again. (laughs) But other cats, there was one time I was, it was a night and I was watching TV alone in the living room. And there was this one cat, she was an older cat, kind of a calico-y, walked down into the living room. She was acting kind of oddly, and I was like, what's up? She walks over to me, and she opens up her mouth, and inside her mouth was a live mouse. Just a whole live mouse in this cat's mouth, which was impressive to begin with, and she just spits it out. It, it wasn't hurt or anything. It's not like she bit it. She just kind of howled. Held it in there, <laughs> spit it out in front of me, and this poor little mouse is probably having a panic attack. It, it pauses for like a split second and then darts under the nearest piece of furniture. And the cat is just like, oh, all right. And she turns around and walks away. <laughs> At that point, we had three different cats in that house, and none of them lifted a whisker <laughs> to do anything about this mouse. <laughs> Not a one. Oh, so yeah. I think there there is no middle ground. Yeah. Cats are either tiny murder machines or couldn't care less. Yeah. But anyway. We did have a cat who would slightly play with them, kind of do something similar, like catch it and let it go and then ca- try to catch it again, you know, until a point where we're like, we'll try to, you know, t- catch it and take it outside type of thing. Yeah. That was then my job because we only had one cat for the longest time. And we had a really old house that had a really uh, drafty and open to the world basement. So it was basically an invitation to any critter in the winter to please come into our home. And so we had this cat who was starting to get fat. So she was already lazy. And so she wasn't catching anything. 
and we were kind of didn't really want to put out like trap traps so it became my job as the youngest to be the tupperware wielding mouse catcher and you know find the mouse slam the tupperware over it you know put the lid carefully underneath and let it out yeah those mice probably just wandered right back in i'm sure they did but we felt better about ourselves it included bats and birds in our third floor. Yeah. Mice on the first floor, bats and birds on the third floor. Yeah, yeah. A, this is why I'm a druid. It's a real win of a house. Yeah. <laughs> it might have been condemned when my parents bought it. Uh, yeah, yeah. But that's a whole That is a whole story. other story. Speaking of intruders into people's third floor houses, you and Karun are sitting in someone's attic. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out what to do next. You're in a, it's it's dark, musty, the moon is out, giving you a little bit of light through the window. You're sitting here for a little bit, and you could kind of hear shouts echoing through the night and see the flicker of torch lights passing through side streets and alleys looking for you. Uh, you're in here hiding because uh, your home had been searched shortly after you arrived and made your presence known, and it appears that whatever had searched it, it was still in there laying in wait mm-hmm. in case you should return. Uh, so you found a- another random house that didn't seem like anyone was paying much mind to it, flew in as giant birds, and are currently trying to figure out a plan to do your job, which is figure out what is going on here, how many people are there, and get as much intelligence as you possibly can to relay back to the armies of Stagpine so they can start the endgame. So, you've had... Were you short resting in here? Did you already short rest? So we we short rested when we flew out to one of those caves mm-hmm. outside the city, That's and right. then we took a short rest. Well, you, so you're sitting here for as long as you deem necessary, trying to make a plan. So, uh, you've got a moment of respite. Mm-hmm. What's you doing? So we, we, un, I unwild shaped, right? Yeah, you both had, because okay. you were having a conversation. Yeah, and so Octavia will be like, I know that they're in, you know, everyone who's, who's left is in the Grand Myrmidon. Um, we, we have to see if my family's there. I, I can't just... I can't just go, and, and we need to see if any of the clerics are still alive, uh, or you know maybe maybe Crag took them all to you know forcibly heal his his forces, and so maybe none of them are even here. And I feel like that's something Stagpine needs to know. Um, so I I think we have to we have to get into the Grand Myrmidon. Okay, it seemed relatively well guarded. So, I mean, we could become spiders and go in, or, or some other small thing. That seems like it would probably work. Because, I mean, I'm not particularly sneaky, and, I mean, he's still exhausted, too, right? Uh, because we took a short rest. Yes, you haven't done anything to fix that and yet. And I have lesser restoration prepped, but it mm-hmm. specifically lists a bunch of conditions that do not include exhaustion. That's right. Which is frustrating, because it includes... Being paralyzed, which seems worse than exhaustion. Well, but take it up with Wizard. Come on, Jeremy Crawford. Come on, Jeremy Crawford. Get it together. <laughs> Seriously. So uh, I think if we if we if we stay here for like you know forty five minutes to an hour and we can just catch our breath, then I'll be able to you know uh, be able to wild shape into it, become a human, 
be able to talk to people and and maybe get some more scoops and then wild shape back out. Okay. Because currently, I, I think I can only do it once more because it's feeling kind of feeling kind of drained. Um, yeah. So I, I we could I could wild shape to get in, but getting out then would be another story. That's true. So do you, am I going with you? I mean, I can I can turn you into a spider too. I think it would be a good idea to have you with me in case you know stuff happens. That's true. I'm just saying I'm not feeling tip-top shape. I'm happy to go with you. Uh, of course, if if something did go wrong, I I think being together would be good. Um, but if stealth is the primary goal, well, I mean it might be. There are there may be advantages to you going solo. Not that I'm advocating one way or the other. We already established that if he's in polymorph form, he didn't have the exhaustic yeah. condition, right? Yeah, I don't know if that's exactly how it works, but I'm going to say it is for the sake of this. Okay. So then at least, like, I could wild, or not, I could polymorph him into a spider or, mm-hmm. or a rat or whatever, um, and he at least, for that sneaking purpose, would, wouldn't have the disadvantage, right? Correct. Okay. Well, that's good at least, because then he can stay as a whatever animal it is that I turn him into mm-hmm. for as long as necessary. For an hour. You know, and then... Right, not for as long as necessary, but to get in and to get out ostensibly unless something bad happens, which mm-hmm. then it'd be good to have him along. True. So so she will communicate that to him, and then she'll be like, I have an idea. Um, I don't know if we'll be able to get anybody out, but I have an idea, maybe, of how we could. So we'll see, we'll see what the lay of the land is first, though, because I don't know how many people are left or you know, exactly what the scoop is or if they're all in one room or if they're all locked in, you know, the different hotel rooms like cells or if they're all, you know, in one of the grand ballrooms. And I think that will that will change what I, you know, what what we can do. Mm-hmm. So, okay, well, okay, lead the way, I guess. So they'll take a short rest there. All right. Uh, you see some more flickering torches pass in the 45 minutes to an hour that you're hunkered down here, but no one kicks in the door and searches this building in particular. Okay, so after these 45 minutes to an hour, Octavia, you know, kind of gets up, shakes out her limbs, and is like, you ready? Yeah. Okay. And she'll put her hand on Carhoon's shoulder and turn him into a weasel. Okay. He turns into a little weasel. And then I will also wild shape into a weasel. Okay. And we will kind of snake our way down the, down the stairs and... Start heading towards the Grand Myrmidon. It's going to take, take you us an hour forever. to get there. <laughs> no, it's actually it's funny because the weasel's speed is the same as my speed. Hmm. Weasels are fast. Um, okay. And we're going to be making kind of perception checks along the way. You know, using our kind of keen animalistic, you know, senses to try to even if it takes us a bit longer, circumnavigate any you know footsteps that we hear. Roll me a stealth check. All right, for Octavia, a nine. For Carhoon. Also a nine. Okay. You're not being incredibly stealthy weasels, but you don't seem to encounter anything. Okay. You don't notice anything noticing you. And after some amount of time, you make it to near the hotel district on the lakefront. Okay. And you see the Diamond Dragon and the Grand Myrmidon standing kind of disheveled from their former states of glory. You see um, patrols on 
the rooftops of each, I believe. And there seems to be more guards patrolling the ground level of the Grand Myrmidon. And there's, it, it seems to have been buffed up since you landed here earlier. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. So you can see at least like two patrols moving about in opposite directions on the bottom uh, level, like on the ground outside of it. You see two guards in front of the main entrance and then a couple shapes moving up on the top. Okay, um, well, we will kind of, I guess, skirt around in the shadows looking at trying to find the most, um, you know, out of the way hole in a boarded up window or, you know, I'm sure there's a cellar entrance somewhere that maybe that got kind of broken in and got reboarded up uh, and we can get in that way or, you know, a delivery door or, or some... We'll kind of circle around and see what we can find as the best entrance. Roll a survival check. I'm going to say just you roll this because Karun is following your lead. Sounds good. 12 as a weasel. Uh, With a 12, you run around, kind of look around this building, and it's actually been sealed up pretty well. Okay. There aren't a ton of cracks. Most of the boards are pretty flush with each other. Um, you know, it looks kind of rough, but you can't find any incredibly easy points of ingress. Yeah, nothing like out of the ordinary. Say, I mean, the front door, people come in and out every now and then. Okay. You see, like guards changing shifts, people moving back and forth. Uh, there are some doors on the back probably for, you know, deliveries and, and into some sort of storage area if you've been around here before. The windows are boarded up. You might be able to pry some things loose and squeak in that way. And perhaps you see it hasn't been as tightly sealed up on, like, the higher floors. Okay, yeah. But the ground level is pretty pretty locked up tight. Can weasels climb? Like, I know they have little claws. If you don't have the climb speed, you just have to move half speed if there's easy handholds. Okay. Is there a a tree we can scamper up or a... um? It kind of has, like, a balcony going all the way around the second floor, right? No. I don't know where you're getting that. Okay. I never said that. I wasn't, I wasn't sure. In, nope. my, in my mind, I just did. Um, does it have any balconies on the second floor? Not on the second I'll say there might be a penthouse like all the way at the top mm-hmm. that has a, a nice deck patio type thing. Okay. Is there, I assume there's a roof on the first floor porch though at least, right? There's a covering over like the front entryway. Okay. Is there a window above that entryway? There's a couple close by, but not immediately over. Okay. Can we do it? We'll do another circuit trying to see if then there would be a a route of ingress kind of going up a tree or going up a a, one of the posts of the porch okay throw me another survival check 20 not natural uh you there's a big like oak tree Mm -hmm. on the i don't know west side that has some branches that would provide you a place to leap off to a windowsill. Okay. Is it... It would be a jump, though. Okay. Is it a... And you might fall. How hard of a jump does it look like? Um, you know, it's not going to be incredibly difficult, but it's not a gimme either. Is that window boarded up? 
Yeah. But you think it's it it looks less tightly sealed than the first floor ones. Okay. You think there's a corner that you could probably squish your way through. And like with survival checks, I can't like redo it, right? I can't like look again. No. Okay. Otherwise, you would Listen just roll me. until you succeed. <laughs> roll, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we don't have hands to open doors, like in the back. Yeah, tiny little pause. Could we open doors? <laughs> we stand on each other's shoulder and you could try, try to open a door? Yeah. I'm sure it's locked, though. I can't tell you that until you try. Okay, well, we'll... Is there a door that's kind of in the back and not in, like, a street light or something? There's a door in the back. It's kind of shaded. You will have a narrow window of opportunity as the patrols pass by here relatively frequently. Okay. If you wanted to try opening the door. We will try that first, because I would rather not fall, as we both have one hit point in. If we fall, we'll immediately poof back into our humanoid selves. This is true. So there's a door in the back. So you probably scamper around, take up residence in some bushes, Mm -hmm. wait for these patrols to pass, try to get a sense of the patterns, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. do some splinter cell type stuff. There'll be a very, very brief time. Okay. So this patrol of about four beefy, you can't quite tell exactly if they're orcs or hobgoblins Mm -hmm. or some other various and sundry group of individuals, but they pass by holding torches and big swords and assorted weaponry that you don't want to end up on the end of. Mm-hmm. Pass by the door. The second patrol comes by. A minute or two later. Goes around. And you have a very brief window of opportunity. Okay. We scamper over. Mm-hmm. Carhoon, uh, like, plants his hind feet and, like, lifts his forefeet, his, his front two feet pause against the door and then I like scamper up his back and mm-hmm. and get on his shoulders and try with my little tiny claws to open the door. Okay. First, give me an acrobatics check to pull off this maneuver to get you in position. Okay. For for both of us or just me or just you. Twenty, not natural. Okay. So Carhoon stands there, you scamper up him, stand on his little paws. Sirtu Soleil is knocking on our door. Reach the doorknob. Now you're a tiny weasel who's not very strong. Indeed. Give me a strength check. <laughs> oh, dear. So I rolled a 12, but I have a minus four. Yeah. <laughs> so eight. Uh, you give it a tug. It's not budging, but you're not sure if it's because you have tiny, weak little weasel arms or if because it's locked. Okay. Can I try again? You can, but the longer you stay here means the uh, less time you have before another patrol wanders by. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try again. And Car- can Carhoon aid me by being like? Carhoon is aiding you by holding. By you holding up. me up. Okay. Natural twenty. So a sixteen. So sixteen. <laughs> you don't crit ability checks. I know, but it's so great to roll a natural twenty. You you really get yourself into it and you pull it and it's absolutely locked. Okay. But you know that now. But now we know. Okay, good. And you can hear some footsteps about to turn the corner. And so she will kind of like scamper off, like like tap his shoulder, and they will like slither off into the darkness. Both of you roll me stealth checks. 24 for Octavia and for Carhoon. Natural 20 for 25. Okay. You <laughs> we dis- are the knights. You disappear into the shadows. And the patrol turns the corner right as you jump into a bush. 
I rolled two. I rolled a twenty and a nineteen and a twenty in a row. Wow, well, that's good. Buy your dice from D twenty. Thank you, D twenty. All right. Uh, so that didn't work. Okay. Well, we'll now go to Plan B. Plan tree. I was gonna say Plan B for Plan Bark, but yeah, Plan Tree is better. <laughs> Get some tea tree oil up in here, and we will go to that oak. Try to scamper up and <laughs> try to flying squirrel it onto the windowsill. Okay. Uh, you can both climb the tree easily enough. Okay. It's barky and knobbly and you... And our, our little hands are Grab teensy. your little claws and just whoop, all the way up. Get on a branch. And yeah, it kind of bows out and gets you close, you know, a couple feet away from this windowsill. If you were a, if you were a person, you could probably make the jump much easier. <laughs> but you have tiny little legs. So, you're both on this branch. You see your target. Are you jumping? We're jumping. All right. You're going to need to make athletics checks. Athletics, okay. Which is probably just strength for a lot of you. Not... Unless you have athletics bonus. Dex. Nope. Long jumping is strength-based. Absolutely. And this isn't one of those, but I do a backflip, so it's acrobatics. No. This will be a strength-based check. I was definitely thinking what this would be, Dex. Nope. Okay. All right. Can Carhoon aid Octavia? This is this is not you like trying to balance on the branch. This is you trying to use your tiny little, little muscles, muscles to fling yourselves okay. across a gap. Can we do... I know that there, if we're doing it according to the rules of long jumping, I know there are some rules of if you take a running start. There are, but this is... There is a, a consequence for failure, and you are on a branch, so I am making it a check. I'm okay. not just saying you make it. Oh, right. I was just wondering if, if we do a running start with that lower the DC of I the I was check. assuming you were doing a running oh, okay. start to begin with. Okay, sounds good. And then can Carhoon aid? How would he be aiding you? Oh, he'll be like pointing at a way to like a good way to like, you know, since he's athletic and Octavia isn't like good way to like, you know, put your feet here and being like, this is a good way to spring up your muscles. and. Carhoon is unfamiliar with being a weasel as well. <laughs> the anatomy of a weasel. <laughs> I'm going to say nah. <laughs> okay. Unless he's like throwing you or could he do that he could try it still be a strength check for him but could he could we do it so that you know the the way that people throw people in the air like they run and put their foot in someone's hand and then that person on the on the bottom like flings them into the air could that happen could octavia run towards carhoon he used his little paws to like jettison her across if carhoon makes a successful acrobatics check to do this maneuver as a weasel you can have advantage on your jump okay so I will roll acrobatics for Carhoon. Mm-hmm. 18. Okay. Carhoon okay. successfully launches you as you run across, plant your little foot in his paws, and he flings you over the top of his head. Okay. So you have advantage on this Str- athletics check. Athletics check, which will just be a straight strength because they do not have athletics. Mm-hmm. That's roll 18 for a 14. Mm-hmm. Okay. You uh, you launch across and manage to cling onto the windowsill okay. across the way. Scrabbling with your tiny little paws. Okay. Now, since I'm on this side, Mm -hmm. obviously I can't aid Carhoon in the same way he aided me. This is correct. Is there a way that I would be able to try to, should he not make it, catch him? Can I ready myself to try to, like, help him up? Sure. A la Lion King. Yes. Okay. He also rolled a natural 18 for a 14. Okay, yeah. Carhoon makes it. Okay. Scrabbles up next to you. That was sweat-inducing. 
pull him onto this windowsill. You see, there's it's boarded a bit more rudimentary, mm. rudimentarily, Rudiment- rudimentarily. I don't know. It's a in word. a rudimentary manner. In a rudimentary way. <laughs> and you can see the glass behind this window has been like shattered out. Okay. So there's a small space and the wood is maybe like rotting and kind of not as strong as Mm -hmm. it could be but you think there's a little little corner you can wriggle your basically you know jello (laughs) tube bodies through. Sounds good and we will do that. Both of you just give me a dex check. For Octavia natural 20. Nice. For 23. For Carhoon a natural 7 for a 10. Okay, you both squeeze through, managing not to cut your small, frail bodies on sharp shards of glass. Kind of worried about that, yeah. And wriggle out into a room that has seen better days. You mm-hmm. can tell it once was actually this is probably like a washroom attached onto a larger hotel room. So mm. you pop out, and there's like a basin that's full of dank, gross kind of water. There's just it's just not not necessarily a pretty sight the tiles mm-hmm. on the floor some of them are smashed the mirror is cracked and shattered um and the door is hanging by like one hinge oh uh, yeah but it is a room okay. inside the hotel okay so we're going to we're on the second floor how many stories is the grand marmadon again i don't think i ever decided we'll say five five okay so would with having grown up in lake ansel would octavia have ever I mean, they weren't rich, so I don't think they would have ever, like, have stayed there. But you also with... had your own house. Yeah. So you probably never stayed here. You've probably been in, like... I was the... wondering if we knew, like, the first floor, like, if we knew there was a ballroom there, if there were any, you know, like, ever a big, you know, town holiday party that's held, you know, in, like, one of the ballrooms. Like, if she would know at least, like, the first floor lay of the land. There's a bar on the first floor. So there's a lobby. There's a bar that I believe you may have met Carhoon in. Uh, no, Carhoon came too. He came, right, not Matt, but like Matt after the fact, because he said that and you were like, I have to think because you're an elf and I hate you. <laughs> and then I think oh, you I think so. met him up later in the bar okay. at this place. So there was a bar on the first floor out off of the lobby. There would be like a big, you know, hall, ballroomy type thing. So you, you're passingly familiar. You might have been in here a handful of times but you're not like you don't know this layout super well yeah okay so they're going to um kind of surreptitiously try to slip from this washroom into you know like uh, the bedroom portion of this hotel suite uh and then out into the hall and kind of see if they can hear anything if it seems like there are people being held on the second floor or if it seems like there's more noise coming from below them or above them, that type of thing. Okay. Uh, you push your way through this slightly ajar door from the washroom into the room proper, and you can see that it is crowded with sleeping people. Okay. There's like two people on a bed that is clearly meant for one people. There's some other people lying on the floor, kind of curled up. They look all right. They look maybe a bit malnourished and their clothes are kind of tattered but they're alive because i mean it's the middle of the night they're all asleep yeah okay and you're stealthy little weasels we are stealthy little weasels okay but you do recognize that these these are townsfolk these are not like orc okay how many are in here there's probably like six or so in this room okay are any of them my family members nope okay 
that'd be that'd be just too easy. <laughs> be super too easy. Do I recognize any as clerics? Even you don't even re- you don't recognize the faces, but none of them are wearing anything that you know. The clerics in this town always wear a certain yeah garb. That makes sense. And okay. these are these just look like townsfolk, shopkeepers, regular old civilians. How many people are like? What would the population of Lake Ansel have been? So this is probably a town with a population of up to about 6,000. Oh, okay. Wow. Way more than I was kind of thinking. Right. Because it's bigger than a village, but not as big as a city. So it's probably probably on the, the lower side. So we'll say maybe about 4,000 people. Would I know how many rooms there are per floor of the hotel? Um, Probably not. Okay. Off the top of your head. Could I estimate if it would be like 20 or if it would be like 100? Probably somewhere in between that. It is a very large building. Okay. So in between... Okay, so if we estimate that there are 60 rooms per floor, there are four floors of rooms. And if there are six people per room... Okay, that would still only be 1,400 people. So they would have to be holding either a bunch of them in the ballroom or they killed a bunch of them. Okay. Another question for you. Mm -hmm. How many people would fit in the room... Where Jasulka's body is. In the room? Not a ton. You could probably cram like 50 people in that room. 50. Okay. But they'd also be surrounded by a zombie hordes. On Ermi. Yeah. 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 They'd be surrounded by a horde one way or the other. This is true. <laughs> but you definitely couldn't fit, you know, thousands of people in there. Unless you okay. got rid of all the zombies and put them all in that area. I closed my eyes for a second. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Jasulka. Oh, now you want to talk. Can you stop your undead army from being alive? They don't really have brains. You can point them in a direction and they might follow. But I don't. They're they're not. They don't have the cognitive capacity to follow complex orders. Can you just turn them off? You can kill them. Do you have like a kill switch implanted in them? No. No. Do you know of an easy way that I could clear your lab of them? Well, if you gave me my body back, perhaps I could uh, be of some assistance. I was quite a powerful mage in my time, not to mention a dragon. Which is something we should talk about again, because it seems like you're getting near the end of this little journey of yours. And you still haven't uh, fulfilled your end of this bargain. I've given you a fair amount of power. I I don't think I can't take it away. Can I do an insight check on him? Mm Mm-hmm. What are you trying to insight? Whether he could take away the power. Sure. 14. You're honestly not sure. Okay. This is very complicated magic. Magic, That yeah. you're, you know, maybe, maybe not. He might be bluffing, but he might also be able to do it. If the zombies were gone, if the undead horde was gone, how many people could fit in that area? Could probably fit a town. There's a ton of them in there. I mean, you you didn't really see, like, Walls. Walls. It was so big, yeah. It was an expansive extra-dimensional space. What was our deal again? That I help you and you put me back in my body. I've been helping you for quite some time. You've used my abilities that I've granted you to quite good effect. I've proven myself, if not entirely trustworthy, at least cooperative. And... If I give you your body again, will I still be able to use your power? Or or will I lose that? 
Oh, my, my power will be back in its rightful place with me. But you will have a powerful ally. And I guess, again, my, my main concern as from the beginning, we've been together a lot longer now. But how do I know that you're not just going to, you know, try to create another army and over on the continent again? Quite frankly, you don't. I believe we've had this conversation. I know. That was a while ago. It was. I just want to be free. My trying to take over this place didn't really work to my benefit last time. You could say one has learned my lesson. You give me my freedom, I will help you remove this scourge from your land, and then I will fly off and you will never have to deal with me again. Do you promise? Well, yes, that's that's the deal I'm offering. Can I do another insight check? Mm-hmm. 17. Very hard to read. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been cooperative so far. Seems to be the shiftiest of the bunch, though. Yeah. So there's no telling what could happen. Am I able to talk to Akrila and Fulmis without Jusulka knowing? Not without him knowing, but you can. You don't. He doesn't have to be included in the conversation. But he would hear what I'm saying. Not necessarily. Okay. I'll say. I mean, you can talk to them privately. He would know you're talking mm-hmm. to them, but not what the content. But he wouldn't is. be privy to the conversation. Okay. She's gonna hit up Akrila really quickly. This is not to say he couldn't just talk to them later, and they True. might tell him what you talked about. Of course, about. of course. And she'll be like, "Oi, hey, hey, hello there." Um. I have a question about Jusulka. Oh, tricky bugger, that one. Hard I know. to pin down. I know. Um, I'm I'm in a situation where uh, he could be very helpful if I give him his body back. Which I'm obviously hesitant to do. Is that an option? Well, he has a body that he made back in before times. I, I don't know if you did, so... I'm sorry, that but devil. yeah, and it's it's not a draconic. I mean, it's like a humanoid form. He always did like that one. So never could quite get used to walking around like that. I, that makes sense. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure it's really different, but I mean, okay. Uh, he's offered me a deal. Mm-hmm. Do you think I can trust him? That one. Hmm. Well. He's always been the most uh, ambitious of the lot. Okay. You know, I may have been the one who brought the deal to the table, but he was one of the major proponents of uh, taking the opportunity. Trustworthy? Hmm. That's not quite a word I'd use to describe my old mate Jasoka. He's not all bad, though. It's, it's a gamble. You know, I've known him a long time, and sometimes he was a stalwart companion. Always helping me out in a pinch, but I got the feeling he'd just as soon put a knife in my back. So he'd go back on a deal? He certainly has the potential to. Has he done that in your experience? Did you and he ever make a an agreement which he then reneged on? Well, as I've said, my memory ain't what it used to be. I'm not coming up with any specific examples, but I wouldn't put it past him. Okay. That said... If he truly does have a body and you could put him back, I know I'd be right grateful for for something like that. Might be enough to uh, cause him to stick to the path he's he's put forth. 
No easy answer to that question. I'm sorry. No, it's... No, there isn't, but that's... You, having your prior experience with him is helpful to just get some context because I've only known him in, you know, these forms and things like that. Yeah, well, apparently he hid the fact that he was making other bodies from the rest of us. Yeah. You know, never never quite knew what he was up to. Okay. Was traveling around, not keeping in contact. Apparently had these secret things hidden all over the place. Yeah. No, yeah, that I'm not surprised by. Not an open book, him. Okay. Well, thanks. I gotta, I gotta skedaddle because uh, we're kind of in the middle of things. Uh, but it's good, to, good to talk again. Right, right, love. Have fun. Stay <laughs> alive. Uh, I'll try on both of those fronts. Go ahead and conquer for me. <laughs> I'll do. Nope, not, not, not the conquering type. I think we've talked about that. Well, you are currently trying to get intelligence. For an army to yes. come and uh, conquer oh, this know, city, I so know. just uh, keep Bye. keep it up, keep it up. <laughs> Click, <laughs> and right. then she will just quickly do the same with Fulmis and kind of be again like, did you and he ever have a deal that he, you know, didn't hold up his end of the bargain? Um, Fulmis tells you in the course of this short conversation that. Uh, largely, she kind of echoes what Acrylis said. Mm-hmm. Not the most trustworthy. You know, clearly has had his own personal motivations and ulterior motives. However, Fulmi seems a bit more shrewd than mm-hmm. Acrylis was. That's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I want to ask her. And, you know, was scheming just about probably as much as Jasulka was yeah. and how contingencies should mm-hmm. he, you know, turn his back. So she says, if you are going to enter into this bargain, it could go very poorly for you if he does decide to backstab you. So if this is what you decide to do, I would strongly advise you to have a plan in case that happens, some way to counter whatever he is trying to pull. When dealing with Jasulka, you always have to be one, if not two or three steps ahead. Because if you're not, he will take advantage of that. Okay. Thanks. And, and noted. He might try to put a knife in your back. You just have to have a knife in his first. I mean, I don't have anything that... Do you have any weaknesses of his that I could... I mean, if I give him his body back... I, I mean, you know how powerful you all are. Pretty, pretty yes. <laughs> Very, yes. Even in this space, and so I can't even imagine... With your physical form. Yes. Jasoka tended to rely upon his mastery of magic more than the rest of us. I don't know if that's something you would be able to use against him. We are very powerful, and having a plan to keep us at bay is not an easy task. One that should require significant thought and planning. (laughs) Your strong suits, of well, course. Well, very, very much my strong suits. Indeed, indeed. But uh, it seems your time is short and you, you have a job to do, so I will leave you to think. If something is in the bag of holding, so like, I guess I'm going to show my hand here. If Jasulka is in his, if I return him to his body, mm-hmm. but he stays in his lab and the lab stays in the trunk in the bag of holding, mm-hmm. would he be able to get out? You are not sure. Possibly. You don't know exactly how the chest works, but you imagine, I will say, you you get the sense that if you're inside, you can exit. It's not a prison. Right. You 
used it as a secret lab, so you would guess he went in and was able to go and leave as he pleased. Yeah, I was more thinking of if you could, if one, if 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 a creature could get out of a bag of holding without it being opened for them. You get the sense that even if he could not physically climb out, there are magical means of getting out because it's effectively it, it's like its own little plane. mini plane, and yeah. if you could travel through planes, you could probably get out. Okay. Which you would think he might be capable of. Octavia and Carhoon are going to try to sneak out of this room underneath the door and into the hall, if possible. Okay. Uh, yeah, you can do that. Okay. You walk out and you see that there is a, uh, you know, there's lush red carpeting that is stained with muddy boot prints. The wallpaper is peeling. The chandeliers are cracked. Some of the crystals are shattered. And there is a, uh, 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 you could see a guard, like, all the way at the end of the hallway. It's a long hall that goes basically, like, the length of the building. In the center, there's access to stairs that lead up and down. Okay. And there's a, a guard stationed there. Oh, at the stairway mm-hmm. as well. Okay. So you're probably, like, you're about three quarters of the way. Well, no, you're on the wall. So you're all the way at the end of one of the halls. Okay. Can I do a perception check with, I don't know, <laughs> hearing or sound to try to like, probably is impossible to try to like smell my family. I am an animal. You maybe. can you can try. Just to try. You know, I'm sure that we, with working with herbs all the time, I know it's been a while, but mm-hmm. maybe they have a certain, you know, aroma of saffron always on them type of thing. Just a perception, right? Yep. 22. You wriggle your little weasel nose. Uh, you don't smell them in particular. It just smells musty and kind of sweaty. Okay. We are going to try to sneak down the stairs. Past the guard? Down the stairs. Yeah, well, just... Hmm. Is she able to tell if, like, there are more... We know that there are guards on the roof, mm-hmm. but thinking that they probably would have the clerics under heavier guard than, you know, Joe Schmo, the blacksmith, mm-hmm. maybe, because they're actually the asset that they were in- interested in, it seems like. Um, would... I'd be able to tell if there are like more guards on the second on the you know floors above us or anything like that by either smelling or hear listening or seeing. Roll me another perception check to hear. Natural twenty four thirty. Uh, you can hear <laughs> some muffled voices coming from down. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Mm-hmm. Okay, so would there be a way to? Uh, sneak downstairs. Is there like a laundry chute or a dumbwaiter anywhere that we could sneak down? We're he's, he's rolling his, his smiley face dice. There is, we'll say, maybe you had a summer job here. <laughs> Classic. You know that on each floor there's like a maintenance closet mm-hmm. where they keep linens and cleaning supplies and things like that. And there's a laundry chute that runs from, you know, all the way up to a basement. Okay. Is it made out of metal or wood? Probably wood. Okay. 
They're going to, she and Carhoon are going to try to climb down the laundry chute into well, the... First, you have to get into the maintenance closet. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is down by the stairs. Oh. Like, right in the middle of the hall. Well, of course. Mm-hmm. We will try to do that. Okay. So, are there, like, sconces lit on the wall, or... The maintenance closet is in the middle of the hall. It's dark in here. There is light along the stairway. Okay. But you're kind of, it's shadowy down this hall and shadowy down the next. There's like a sconce all the way at the end of the hall that's given a little bit of dim light at each end, but in between that it's relatively dark. So you could get up there easily enough, but you would need to get the guard either to move or distracted or incapacitated if you want to get into this maintenance closet. Oh, we couldn't just try to sneak past it? The door is closed. I mean, could we slip under the door? Just like how we slipped under the door of the hotel room. So you are weasels. We are tiny, just as small as a rat would be. That's true. I mean, it would be some sort of... It would be a check to get under without being seen. Okay. Like a stealth or a... Probably. I, I, that seems like it would make sense. So you scuttle up to the edge of the light. There's a big orc standing, leaning against, like, the the railing. Just kind of arms crossed, not paying a ton of attention, but is, you know, glancing left and right every now and then, Mm -hmm. making sure nobody's up and moving. Okay. What do you do? We are going to try to sneak under this door. Okay. Sneak. Roll me a stealth check. 18 for Octavia. For Carhoon. Ooh, that's not good. 11. You slip under easily enough. Carhoon gets and he, he he shoves his head and smushes about halfway through and then he gets a little bit stuck and his little back legs are like pushing against the carpet to try to get him through but he's he's a bit uh, stuck in the middle of this door just uh, uh, trying to get through. Eventually his butt <laughs> pops out the <laughs> other end and you don't hear any sounds that you were detected. My palms have been sweaty recording the entirety of this episode. (laughs) Okay. You find yourself in a small, dank, dark room. There are no lights on in Mm -hmm. here. Do weasels have dark vision? I don't think so, actually, surprisingly. Okay, then you can't really see. You can feel like you kind of scuttle about and feel around. There are rows of shelves along the walls with some moth-bitten cloths stacked on them there's some bricks of homemade goat soap you know barrels of lye and medieval cleaning supplies barrels of lye i don't know what do you use to clean stuff i don't know but lye is like that is good to know because lye can like blind people so yeah it's very costly that is that's what they use to to clean stuff no no it 100 is yeah but I'm like, that's like barrels of bleach, just like ready for you to yeah, drop on people. It's a hotel. You gotta that's have awesome. industrial sized stuff. That totally makes sense, and I hadn't thought of that. And that's some awesome. washboards, um, buckets, and sponges, and scrub brushes made of like horsehair and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you feel around to the wall, and you would guess somewhere up the wall is this chute. Okay. Uh, with my memory of having, you know, worked here in the classic summer job, um, I try to very cautiously and slowly taking my time make my way across the room and to the wall which I know has the the chute in it. Okay. 
and get to the wall. Yeah. Try to climb the wall and see if the chute is open. Does it have a door? Uh, you, you get up there. Eventually you find it after a bit of pawing blindly around in the dark. Your eyes start to adjust. There's just a little sliver of light coming in from under the door. You can make out rough shapes. Um, there is a hatch over it that would like you lift it up and shove the laundry through. Okay. You feel like as a weasel, you are capable of opening it and it might be a bit difficult. Okay. Uh, Octavia will kind of like squeak very softly and, and, and gesture over to Carhoon to have him him come over as well and maybe together with their greatly strong weasel arms they can, you know, lift the hatch. Okay. Climbs up. Lift the hatch. And you can feel, you know, kind of cold, cool, dank air mm-hmm. coming up from below. What do you do? You go up, you go down. They will try to uh, slither in and slither down. Okay. You can carefully make your way down. The wood is porous enough that you don't have too much of trouble. You just move in half speed all the way down this shaft. Nice. Every, you know, 12-ish feet. You go 12-ish feet down and there's another chute. And then another 12-ish feet down. And you can see that it opens up into a big, like, industrial-sized vat. Or like a tub. Is it like a tub of... No, it's just like a collection tub. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was like... It's not full of anything right now. <laughs> it was full of like lie, like a pot well, of Well, at this point, there. it's probably just full of soiled clothes. Okay. That's what I was and rags wondering and if like if we fell, would we land on clothing or would we land basically in the washing machine? No, yeah. Just piles of dirty, stinky clothes. Gross. Sounds yeah. good. Um, and she will gesture towards the, the hatch that opens onto the first floor. Okay. And they'll try to, they'll first listen, put their little weasel ears mm-hmm. against. You don't hear anything. And they will, you know, stick their noses in and, and weasel their way out, All literally. Right. You push the, the, op- the hatch. hatch. <laughs> you push the hatch away and flop onto the floor. Okay. It's still dark from what you can tell. Similar room. Long rows of cleaning supplies and old linens. Okay. We will scuttle over to the door and have a listen. Okay. You can hear voices... Not directly on the other side, but like on the other side and yeah, a little bit away. Okay. But pretty close. But pretty close. Okay. Does it seem like there's more light coming at, from under the door? Like it seems like this floor is brighter than the second floor? Mm, maybe a little bit. A little bit. Okay. Yeah. You know that this would open out into... On the first floor, there's a big lobby. And then off the lobby, there is the bar mm-hmm. on one side. On the other side... And then uh, a hallway going each direction with mm-hmm. rooms and opposite the bar, on the side opposite the bar, there's a big, the big ballroom. Okay. So you're on the side, probably next to said ballroom. Okay. Okay. But just off the lobby where okay. you can hear these voices coming from. Okay. They will, again, try to slither underneath the door and she'll gesture to Carhoon to suck his stomach in as they go okay. under. <laughs> Roll me another stealth check. For Octavia, 22, and for Carhoon, 20. Okay, you both slip out, find yourselves briefly in the light, mm-hmm. and then scuttle off into a shadow in this hallway. Okay. You can see you are in this long hallway that goes all the way to the side of the building, and then, but opposite that, there's a big, large, open area 
that is this lobby. You could see what was once the front desk, and sitting behind that is a large uh, hobgoblin in a chair, and you can hear it conversing with some other individuals in this lobby that you cannot see at this point. But we're in the hall that leads to the ballroom, right? Mm-hmm. Can, I, can we make our way towards the doors that would go into the ballroom? Sure. Scuttle, scuttle, scuttle. Yeah, you get to those doors. You can see they are... Um, the handles have like a chain wrapped around them. Okay. I want to listen at this door. You listen. You can't really hear anything going on inside. Can I smell? Does it smell like there are a it thousand smells people like, being yeah, It smells like... Yeah, it smells sweaty and gross. It smells like... Uh, you know, a high school assembly. Oh, gross. <laughs> Not that I would know. I was a pep school. rally. <laughs> okay, well, we will... Um, so, are there... There are hotel rooms on this hall as well, mm-hmm. right? They're going to make... There's a- some, like, conference rooms, but there's also some, some room rooms a okay. little bit further. Is there a guard at the end of this hall, like, upstairs? No. Okay. No, they're in the... The guards are in the center. In the lobby area. In the okay. lobby area. Since there's not a guard at the end, they're going to, you know, sticking in the shadows, slinking along on their bellies. They want to just go by each room that is, you know, a hotel room and kind of listen and or smell. Again, she's going to try to see if she can locate her family, maybe. So you're listening and smelling? Listening and smelling, yeah. Okay. Um, just give me an overall perception check. Okay. For Octavia... 26 and for carhoon 21 so you go through put your ears and noses up to each door as you scuttle down this hallway and in all of them you can kind of hear and smell similar things Mm -hmm. it smells like sweaty people being imprisoned there uh you can hear sometimes the sound of snoring sometimes sort of restless night murmurings maybe some quiet crying through Mm -hmm. the door but you don't smell or hear anything that is unique to your family. Okay. They'll go to the ballroom doors and try to slither under those. Okay. Roll me another stealth check. For Octavia, 24. For Carhoon, 23. Okay. You slip under. You're getting better at it <laughs> the more you do it. And you pop out the other side, and it's a huge ballroom. Yeah. Uh, nice wooden floor some of those like velvet things along the along the walls mm, some very mm-hmm. ornate sconces a big chandelier hanging in the center mm-hmm. covered in cobwebs and dust there's like a, a stage like thing inset into the back wall mm-hmm. with tattered old curtains that looks like they have seen better days and crammed into every available space sleeping on the floor are many 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 people okay could I get an estimate of how many people are in here? Uh, probably upwards of like five hundred. Five hundred ish. Okay. Upwards of that, it's hard to tell from your perspective on the, you know, three inches off the floor. <laughs> I know. <Yeah>. If that. <laughs> okay. Well, they will go around trying to see if they can either see or smell, either any clerics as noticed by their robes or or my family. Kind of slinking their way through. Yeah, give me a perception. All right, for Octavia. I'm going to say just you, because Garhoon doesn't really know what he's looking for. He's seen your family, like, once. That's true. Natural 20 for 30. Okay. Uh, you go through, and you recognize some of these people, for sure, just from seeing them mm-hmm. around town. But you don't see anyone you recognize as clerics. You don't see 
your family either. Okay. At this point, you don't have much longer on Polymorph. I'm really? Say. From okay. traveling from the house to the hotel, doing some recon of the hotel, trying the door, climbing the tree, jumping across, moving stealthily, climbing mm-hmm. stealthily, taking your time to sift through 500 people in a ballroom. Probably, I mean, you've probably got like 10, 15 minutes left. Okay. How long but did it? I think it's easily been 45 minutes. That does make sense, especially with starting out at, at the house. Yes. How long did it take for us to like go up and down the state, up and down like the, the laundry chute? I mean, it didn't take that long, but maybe, okay. you know, a minute or so. Okay. Um, Octavia, I guess, kind of, you know, feeling the magic starting to, you know, a drain from the spell kind of like how she has a like a timer and it's like mm-hmm. you've only 15 percent left or 24 25 uh, percent left um and not seeing her family or any of the clerics is going to kind of indicate like hurry like we should we should move on okay where are you moving on to are you leaving oh no we're not leaving the building yet okay she needs she wants to find her family mm-hmm. so where are you moving on to there's only one maintenance room on each floor mm-hmm. right so if we wanted to check out the rooms on the other side of the lobby, we'd have to go back and forth twice. Or we'd have to go back and then mm-hmm. across again. Yep. How bright is the lobby? Pretty bright. It's well lit. Can we kind of peek our eyes around the corner and see how many creatures are there? Yeah. So you get up, you scurry under the door, out of this ballroom, go down the hall on tiny little feet. Poke your heads around. There's the hobgoblin behind the desk, just sitting there, legs kicked up on the desk. Mm -hmm. I feel like he and the mermaid who is in front of the Merit Lords would get along well. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) There's easy, like five other hobgoblins lounging around in this lobby. Okay. Uh, Some by the doors and then like three others sitting on benches or leaning up against the pillars. Uh, You can see across a little bit into the bar that is off the lobby, and it seems like there are more there. That's maybe where, like, the the guard room, the makeshift guard room is. There's some cots set up, and you see some other uh, orcs, goblins, etc., milling about, availing themselves of the the bar and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is it carpet on the floor in the lobby, or, like, marble? carpet in the hallways, but the lobby is... Like nice stone, fancy, polished stone. Okay. Does it even seem like we would be able to sneak our way across? Are they? You, you certainly could. You're very small. Okay. Not extremely noticeable, but there would definitely be a chance that someone could see you. Okay. And we don't see a guard in the hall across the way. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Octavia's gonna like put one little claw up. And then, like, put it to her lips, and then she's going to point at herself, (laughs) and then point across to the lobby to be like, let's just have one of us go across so there's a smaller chance. And then if, you know, stuff happens, we're still relatively close together. Mm -hmm. So she's going to try to scuttle across. All right. Weasel Karu nods and slinks back into the shadow. Eight. That's an eight stealth check? Yep. You creep to the edge of the shadow, hunker down, look left, look at all the hobgoblins, try to pick a good moment when they're maybe preoccupied with what they're saying, laughing at a joke, and then... 
dart into the open. Maybe trying to keep along the wall behind the desk, getting to the other side. You don't speak goblin, do you? No. So you get about halfway there. You get, like, just to the edge of this desk, and you think if you could duck behind that, it would give you some cover from the rest of these as you as you dash across. You get almost, almost behind that cover when the one sitting behind the desk, suddenly just his head flashes down, and he looks directly at you. And your eyes probably look up and get really wide. Your pupils dilate very large. You just stare at each other for a second. And they point his big red hobgoblin-y finger right at this weasel and shout something in goblin. The other five turn and look in your direction. And we're going to pick up there next week. Oh my goodness. No! You were rolling so well up until this point. I was rolling like 20s on all of those like perception checks. Yeah. These guys don't even have incredibly high passive perception. I rolled a natural three, and I saw that, and I was like, <laughs> "Well, we will. We'll start there next time." Ah. Ah. <laughs> My palms will be sweaty until we record again. Sweaty, sweaty, sweaty. Ooh. Okay. Well, thank you all so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, uh, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or your preferred podcasting app. It's a really great way for us to reach more folks with our story, and it also feels really great to hear all of your kind words about the show. If you want to get in touch with us, we are active on social media, both Twitter and Instagram, and our handle is at and a die podcast. Catch you all next week.